It's an amazing day to talk about security. Welcome to the Virtual CISO, your podcast for everything cybersecurity and privacy. Here, we provide insights and guidance on how your organization can attain compliance and how to implement various security and privacy framework to enable your business processes. This podcast is hosted by Olivia, who is a security professional with over 15 years of experience in InfoSec audit and compliance. If you would like a personalized consultation, you can contact us using the details in the description, and we will be happy to see how we can assist you with your compliance journey. On today's episode of the Virtual CISO, we will be discussing the PCI DSS framework. PCI DSS is an acronym for the Payment Card Industry Data Security Standards, which is a set of security standards for any organization handling credit card information. PCI DSS ensures that any organization that processes, stores, or transmits payment card information maintain a secure environment to protect card order data. PCI DSS leans towards more of a technical standard than it is on administrative standards like policies and procedures. PCI DSS has a set of defined controls which organizations handling payment are expected to adhere to. A failure in one of these controls could actually lead to your organization not being PCI DSS compliant. So, before we dive in further, let's talk about how this standard came about. Because PCI DSS, it's not a regulation, it's a standard. PCI DSS was originally founded by the five biggest credit card companies, which are Visa, MasterCard, Amex, Discover, and JCB. These companies came together to create a standard that will reduce credit card fraud. These companies together then form what we call the Payment Card Industry Security Standard Council, which is the PCI SCC which then governs the PCI DSS, which is the Payment Card Industry Data Security Standards. So moving on, what is required to comply to PCI DSS? Organizations such as merchants, service providers, issuers, and acquirers are required to comply, and the compliance is determined based on the number of transactions handled by the respective organizations annually. A merchant is an entity that accepts payment card that has the logos of any of the five PCI Security Standard Council members as payment for goods and services. Again, these SEC members are American Express, you have discovered JCB, MasterCard, and Visa. You can ascertain this by checking if you have signed a merchant agreement with a bank and have a merchant account with a bank. Using a payment gateway such as Shopify does not mean that you're not a merchant. Known example of merchants are Amazon, you have Target, even a small business with a payment gateway is also a merchant. The only difference is the volume of transaction being processed. In terms of service providers, this is an organization that is not a payment brand, but directly involved in processing, storage and transmission of card order data on behalf of another entity. It includes companies that provide services that control or could impact the security of card order data, such as web hosting companies and payment gateway. A service provider may not deal with the merchant's customer data directly, but their activity also impacts the security of the card order data. E.g. you have Stripe, you have Square, those are service providers. It is important to note that you can be a merchant and also a service provider at the same time. A typical example of this would be the internet service providers. They are a merchant because they accept payments for monthly billing of their internet and they could be a service provider because they host merchants as their customers. Issuers are entities that issue payment cards, perform or facilitate or support issuing services. An example could be an issuing bank or issuing financial institutions. In terms of acquirers, they are entities 
that typically financial institutions that process payment card transactions for merchants and defined by a payment brand as an acquirer. An example could be merchants banks acquiring banks and acquiring financial institutions. So moving on, how do you become PCI DSS compliant as an organization? When trying to become PCI DSS compliant as an organization, you must take into consideration the following things. Number one, you have to determine your organization PCI compliance level. You have to confirm your environment is properly scoped and meet self-assessment questionnaire eligibility requirements of the PCI DSS. Then you have to identify and fill out the self-assessment questionnaire based on the one applicable to your organization. After then, you complete an applicable report such as attestation of compliance, which we call the AOC, or report on compliance, which is the ROC. After that, you monitor compliance to PCI DSS on an ongoing basis. Now let's talk through all the points we have just highlighted. So let's start with determining your organization PCI compliance level. Your organization compliance is based on two components, which includes the compliance level and the self-assessment questionnaire. The compliance level is based on the number of transactions processed per year. These levels detect whether you can self-attest or need an external assessment. Moving on to the self-assessment questionnaire, depending on how your organization collects payment, whether in person, online, or on the phone, the self-assessment questionnaire will detect the controls that your organization must implement and comply with. Merchant compliance are categorized into four levels. Ideally, your organization will fall into one of these levels. Level 1. If you process 6 million or more transactions per year, you will require a QSA annual on-site assessment and a quarterly network security scan. A report on compliance and attestation of compliance, otherwise called AOC or ROC, is also required. Your organization will fall within level 2 if you process between 1 to 6 million transactions per year, but no annual on-site assessment is required. But you have to conduct a quarterly network scan. Also, an attestation of compliance, otherwise called as AOC, is required. The difference between level 1 and level 2 is you do not need a QSA annual on-site assessment and you do not need a report on compliance in level 2. If your organization processes between 20,000 to 1 million transactions per year, you will fall within level 3. Here is the same requirement as level 2. With regards to level 4, this will only be applicable to your organization if you process less than $20,000 transaction per year. No QSA annual on-site assessment will be required, but again, a quarterly network security scan is highly recommended and required. And also, you have to issue an attestation on compliance. Now that we have discussed the merchant compliance levels, let's talk about the service provider compliance levels. The service provider compliance levels are categorized into two. If you are a service provider, your organization will fall under one of these. Your organization will fall under level one if you process more than 300,000 cards transactions annually. Your organization may have a review conducted by a QSA or by the merchant's internal auditor. A self-assessment questionnaire is not required, but there must be a network security scan by an approved scanning vendor and a report on compliance and attestation on compliance will be completed. The report on compliance, which is the ROC, is then validated by the QSA. So one thing to note here is you require the AOC and the ROC, but you do not need a self-assessment questionnaire. 
In terms of level two service providers, you will be a level two service provider if you process less than 300,000 card transactions annually. However, a review is not required by a QSA, but a self-assessment questionnaire is required to be completed annually. Also, you require a network. Also, a quarterly network scan is required. Compliance will be demonstrated by a completed attestation of compliance form, otherwise known as AOC. In terms of confirmation that your environment is properly scoped, this will have to do with a self-assessment questionnaire eligibility requirement, which takes us to the next point. Confirm your environment is properly scoped and meets self-assessment questionnaire eligibility requirement. There are currently nine self-assessment questionnaires and companies will have to determine which one is right for them depending on how they collect payment. To be PCI DSS compliant, companies must complete the assessment by completing the appropriate self-assessment questionnaire. There are currently nine different self-assessment questionnaires, otherwise known as the SAQs. There are the SAQ-A, SAQ-AEP, SAQ-B, SAQ-BIP, SAQ-CVT, SAQ-C, SAQ-P2PE, SAQ-DMAR, SAQ-DSP. You can see it's a mouthful, but for the purpose of this podcast, we will be defining the two common ones which I've come across in recent times. So, SAQA is the most common and it's for merchants that only accept card not present transactions such as payments via e-commerce, mail or phone. All processing of card order function is entirely outsourced to all PCI DSS compliant third-party service providers. There are no electronic storage, processing or transmission of any card holder data on the merchant system or premises. They solely rely on third parties to handle the function and your organization can ascertain or attest to the third parties storing, processing or transmitting of card data order data being PCI DSS compliant. Moving on to SAQD, SAQD is on the extreme for merchants that do not meet the criteria for any of the other eight SAQ types. It includes but not limited to e-commerce merchants who accept card holder data on their website, merchants with electronic storage of card holder data, merchants that do not store card data card order data electronically but do not meet the requirements for other SAQ types. So this is where you're going to find yourself SAQD. Some of the PCI DSS controls include network security controls, you have card data encryption, you have vulnerability management, you have card data access control, you have segmentation or segregation of card data, physical security as well. So moving on to the next level in our compliance, we have the complete applicable report, such as attestation of compliance, which is the AOC, or report on compliance, which is the ROC. During this stage, for compliance level one, I'm talking about the merchant level one, there is an annual assessment by an external qualified assessor who will issue the report on compliance, which is the ROC. For compliance level two to four, there is a self-assessment and an attestation of compliance is issued, which is the AOC. Also, it is important to note that under certain circumstances, a level two to four company may need to have an on-site assessment by a qualified assessor. For example, a service provider could review a level two company. If a failed control is found as a result, they may require an assessment and an ROC to continue the business relationship. Lastly, as with any other compliance framework, monitoring is an ongoing process. It's not good enough to implement the controls, but they must be monitored for ongoing effectiveness. Now, let's discuss what is changing with the new version of the PCI DSS. 
4.0 is the new version and PCI 3.2.1 is what is currently being used. The PCI version 4.0 was published in March 2022 and there is there will be um, a two-year transition period. The current version will cease to be in use by March 31st, 2024. So here are the changes so far. There are two validation methods. We have the defined approach and the customized approach. The defined approach is the traditional method for implementing and validating PCI DSS controls and uses the requirements and testing procedures defined within the standards, whereas the customized approach allows entity to meet a requirement control objective in a way that does not strictly follow the defined requirement. The new version also continues to meet the needs of the payment industry but expands to include MFA requirements and updated path. Also, with the new version, there is increased flexibility for organizations using different methods to achieve security objectives, e.g. we have the allowance of groups, shared and generic accounts. The new version also promotes security as a continuous process. There are clearly assigned roles and responsibilities for each requirement. Also, there is an enhanced validation method and procedures, such as increased alignment between the information reported in the report on compliance and SAQ and information summarized in the attestation of compliance, which is the AOC. The structure remains the same, but some of the controls have additional requirements and there is a two year cool off period for company to migrate to the new PCI DSS 4.0. As with any other framework, there are GRC tools that can help you automate the process to ensure that you have the required controls coping for your um, PCI DSS compliance. So this is where I'm going to wrap up today's episode on PCI DSS framework. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, let's ensure that we continue to bake security into our business processes. And I shall talk to you soon. Bye.